My name is Lala Tuku. I am a practitioner in the creative industry. Um, I wear many hats. Currently MD of Clive Morris Productions, CEO of Corporate Icons, and co-chairperson of Africa Rising International Film Festival. I grew up in Midlands, in Soweto. I was a happy child, <laughs> very happy child. I was uh, brought up in a home, uh, brought up by my grandmother, my mom, and about nine aunts. So a, a, a family, a home, and I have a big sister um, that was very matriarchal in a sense, and that's all I knew. I saw my grandmother working very hard to make sure that we all have, you know, what we need. I saw my mom, you know, working three jobs at a time just to make sure that we have what we need. I can say I was a storyteller from a very young age. <laughs> I was that one that used to huddle up people together and tell them stories. Um, I was very fortunate at the age of eight, I had an opportunity to attend a private school. And so obviously being in Soweto, you know, I lived very two different lives. You know, during school, I would be sitting with, you know, extremely rich kids. And then in the afternoon, I'd have to go back home to my reality. So I was around um, standard three, which I think is grade four now, and we had to perform grade five, and we had to perform in English a poem. And I tore that poem apart. I like came with costumes and what had different, you know, accents for each character. And my English teacher was like, okay. And I think that afternoon she phoned my mom and said, you know, I think back then my name was Tebucho. <laughs> I think Tebucho's got a gift. <laughs> Maybe she enjoys it. It's something that she, you know, when she does it, she beams or whatever the case might be. So my English teacher then introduced us to the National School of the Arts. So I actually went to a drama school. So I went to a specialized drama school, which was an amazing time for me because you know we would do drama, dance, music, art, the works. So I was very much immersed in that world. And although my mother, every time she wrote my name, at the end of it, she'd write CA. So it was very clear what she wanted me to become. And I wanted to become that because I always wanted to do her right, you know, she worked so hard, had like three, four jobs, and um, I always wanted to make sure that I live up to her standards. And that's why amongst our friends would be like, well, let's do the drama, but we have to have something to fall back on. And then when I got to like grade 11, and nine, I was like, let's not have something to fall back on, because if you plan to have something to fall back on, you will fall back. So you gotta make this one work. And so um, in matric, we had after coming, and then you do your top eight students have a competition and I was part of the top eight. So do the competition. And then one of us gets to win a bursary to go to AFTA. My dear friend won it and I didn't. So my mom obviously could not afford the fees, but I really appreciated her openness, her progressiveness and her allowing me to, you know, do what I want to do. So between her and me and my sister, we all kind of worked. And I remember my first job, I was a, 
I was working at uh, a television company, a production company, and that's what kind of helped pay my second, third year fees. But my mom was very critical and my grandmother. And so she allowed me to go study what I wanted to study, which was live performance. I've always had a sense of whatever I was going to do, I was going to be great at it. I always had this thing like, I'm, I'm going to be good at whatever I do. Um, but I always wanted to be an accountant, um, loved numbers. And then when I was in high school, kind of considered law. You know, the creative industry is not something that you consider as a career. And in fact, I always used to say to my friends while we're at school, um, have something to fall back on, you know. Let's do this drama thing, let's act, let's run around, but we have to have something to fall back on. And mine was always law. I thought that's what I was going to do. Look, I was very oblivious to what was the reality of the industry. I had a great five years of high school and I was in every play. And then at AFTA, you know, we did a whole lot, you know, and I directed plays, I did all sorts of things. So I was at the height. I didn't, you know, I thought going into the industry, I'm here, I'm ready. And so I stepped out and um, got into the industry. I um, had developed a skill and a, and a deep liking for directing. And so, First year out, I went and said, I want to direct. I want to direct, can I direct? Um, and I was confronted with a lot of no's. Firstly, because, you know, the reason that I was given um, that there are no black directors, let alone female. So you've got a pretty face, try acting. And that's what I did. And so I went into acting. Well, which was something that I always enjoyed and what, but, but the narrative then was that, no, people of your, you know, colour, gender, you're just in front of the screen. And that's what I did, I, and I enjoyed it and I performed, but I still wanted to, to direct. And at every opportunity, in every set that I was in, I'd go and be like, try and find the office. And be like, Hi, are there directing opportunities? What can I do? I can show you what I can do. And I was always, you know, like, you just read your script and you're going to act. Um, got headhunted into one of or another very big soapy and I performed there. And the, the character I was depicting from what was on the page to what I knew black women to be from my references that I had, you know, I'd always want to meet the, I'd go, go to the producer's office and say, can I sit in the writer's room? Can I just give part of what, where I think she should go? and uh, always told, no, you're just going to act. And so it was a time when there wasn't a lot of us around. And so you kind of did what you needed to do. But there was a point um, in my career where in that particular soapy, I felt compromised. I felt, um, you know, what they wanted the character to do was not a true reflection of this character that we had built from her psyche to how she would respond to things. And I questioned this and I said, I, I don't agree. I don't agree. And uh, I was told to go on the floor and, and go and act. And there was a particular scene that was extremely uncomfortable. 
Um, and I stood there and I was young. I was 23 and I looked around and it was a crew of men, um, you know, predominantly white. The director was a white man. And I just thought, I'm not gonna do this. And so it was a time where I had to either run or do this thing. And I always just believed that you've got you to live from the gut, you know. And I was like, and I walked off set. And I just took my bags. I had a small little palio at the time. I got into my car and I just started driving. I don't know where I'm going. But. And you know, at the time in the industry, if you're in a long running daily, you're privileged. Because our, our industry is so seasonal, um, you only get to work, you know, you know um, it's, it's, it's very seasonal. So if you end up with a contract that long, you're quite privileged. So I thought, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and so I remember driving to my grandmother's house and just going, I think I've blown up my career. And at the time I had like, 20 missed calls from my agent and, you know, like, you will never work again. And no one walks offset. You know, you, you hear a lot of things from industry. Who do you think you are? You should have just done it. And, 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 and. And as, as young as I was, I just knew that, no, I was not going to do that. And so that changed my whole course because I was like, I have to do something that allows me to be, not in the power seat, because I don't think at that time I had that vocab. <laughs> but I was like, I want to be in a place where I get to determine what I want to do. And not only that, I want to be in a place that I can give other people the opportunity to feel safe, to, you know, to be okay and to thrive in their own um, you know, circumstances and situations. So I went to study a whole different degree and um, graduated in communication science, BA communication science, and started a whole events company. I, I completely got out of the industry. <laughs> but interestingly enough, when, when we were debating with my mom in terms of what I should study and so forth, she was like, do something quite close. And we thought marketing and communication would be very close to you know, this industry. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I did. And I, I, I opened an events consulting company and I worked for government, corporate, I had corporate clients, huge corporate clients, and eventually got so drawn in that when I did the events, I'd always wanted to be a story. I'm like, but who are your guests? Who's coming? What are you doing? And everything was such a narrative that I started um, directing the events. And so that directing thing kind of came up. And I would do awards, you know, those very, uh, I don't want to call them last, but you know the award ceremonies that every corporate has where they acknowledge um, the employees and so forth. And I would, I had an opportunity to do those very big ones. And so I'd make a whole drama out of it. And the company grew to, my company grew. And I was like, I actually miss it. Well, it was quite stressful. But I, I remember driving one day with my car full of like flowers and, you know, runners and tablecloths. And I was like, who is this? 
I don't want to do events, <laughs> you know. And I, um, I mean, they were great. I had great money. <laughs> I believe life is a journey. I've learned enormous, um, you know, things along the way. And out of that, I then met um, the NFEF because I was doing the South African Film and Television Awards for them. And so that's how I got to know the NFEF and I, and I was um, absorbed into the company. And that became a whole other journey where I got to learn about the business side of film the policy making, the real issues around our film industry, the funding, the distribution and so forth. So you can call it a detour, but I think I was going to pick up some very, very much needed skills and tools that would lend me up in a place that really, I think for me, assisted my career to be where I am now. I've understood and I've learned and I've seen that there are gaps within our industry. There are key places where females don't play a part. There are, um, you know, key decision-making areas where females don't exist and they're not being developed. And so my narrative is, is really to go and see how can we make it better? How do we open up? How do we make sure that we can all sit around the table? I'm looking at the crew this, this morning and it's all men except maybe one or two. And that's what the Gender Matter study said that the NFBF did in 2018. It said that females exist in, you know, makeup, catering and they're not in key areas in the film industry so until they can be that balance you know we can really develop and move forward so I think mine is I'm a creative yes but I've, I've identified that there are areas in which we need to play in that we need to be active in they need to be more um, female head, head writers, for example, so that our women can be represented or else we'll continue to be misrepresented. I think over the past 10 years, though, we've seen quite a growth in, you know, females led stories. And so the industry is changing very slowly. So I think from a business side and from a, a creative side, one has to balance and I, I suppose keep innovating yourself.